0: hello look at go! He could go all the way! Touchdown! 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 The Bills make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up and shout! Oh,
1: coming up the middle, free safety, gotta get a go! Allen steps up.
0: Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first! Now come on and shout! Breakaway, Becker walking right in, Score. Yeah. 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 Buffalo's hot Kelly with a deep drop, takes a long look, he's got a man open, Andre Reed. he's in the end zone for a touchdown! Got yeah. yeah. oh, do you do? One second remaining on the clock, wins it you know, in Let's go Buffalo! Let's go Buffalo! Let's go Buffalo! Let's go Buffalo! Let's go, Buffalo. Let's go, Buffalo make me wanna nobody circles the wagons like the buffalo bills
1: okay what's up everybody welcome to episode number 93 i believe of one before i die i hope everybody had a fantastic fourth of july weekend a nice long weekend celebrating with friends and family whatever you did hope you had a good time um that's why we are coming at you wednesday instead of tuesday this week took a little break there one day off uh just rested up here and and now we're um Making sure we didn't miss another week, though, coming at you here on Wednesday for episode 93. Um, back with some more Sabres talk this week. Obviously, the big news, the coaching decision has finally been made for the Buffalo Sabres. That was one of the highlights of the offseason this year uh, is who the Sabres were going to hire as their coach. Obviously, because Kruger was fired in the uh, or during the season last year. And then the other piece of it was... You know what the Sabres are going to do with their players, with Eichel, all that stuff hasn't come to fruition yet, but the coaching decision has finally been made, so we obviously give our thoughts on Don Granato, Donnie Meatballs, finally getting that interim uh, title out of his title, and and now he's just the official head coach of the Buffalo Sabres, so we'll give our thoughts on that. The Sabres also made some other hiring moves this past week uh, in the front office, a couple guys that I uh, probably don't know much about but you know nonetheless some moves that they made in addition um, to the front office that uh, seems like a lot of the fans like the moves that they made so we'll talk about those uh, moves we'll talk about the guys that they hired we'll talk about what our thoughts are on that as well and um, that's kind of it for for this episode just some more Sabres offseason talk as um, this thing keeps rolling on and as we still still get closer to football season but until the draft, uh, NHL draft at the end of the month. Until the Eichel decisions made, um, we'll just keep it going and and give her thoughts on everything that's going on in the present day. But before we get going into this all, Ethan, how you doing over there? Um, let's get him introduced and and give it, give his thoughts on what's everything that's going on. So, how you doing, dude?
0: Good. You know, I had a good Fourth of July. Um, amped up about Domin- Donnie Meatballs. I'm the one guy in the podcast that was. Through and through, Donnie. Donnie meat. So uh, excited for excited for some new new stuff to talk about regarding the Sabres. It kind of seems like we got in a rut. Been talking a lot about the Eichel stuff. You know, a lot of kind of a lot of you know filler talk. But so we got you know meatballs is full time now. So let's let's get into the the grind here a little bit with Donnie meatballs.
1: Yeah. So that's the first thing we'll for sure talk about. Um, as we said, Don Granato officially hired as the Buffalo Sabres head coach moving forward. I believe it was a three-year contract. So, um, so you know, not a, not a super long-term contract. I think this is the, the type of term that makes sense for a guy like Don Granato. Uh, you can't really give him a one or two-year deal because that's not really enough for a coach. He's obviously not really settled in yet, so you're not going to give him a long-term, long-term deal. Also, you know, as I'm talking about this and as I've thought about coaches, it doesn't really seem like contracts matter with coaches because they can just get fired anyway, no matter how, you know, long their contracts is or whatever. Um, if they're not performing well, yeah, whatever teams pay them and, and that's just how it goes. So honestly, the contract thing doesn't even really matter to coaches in my opinion. Um, but he is locked in for three years. And as Ethan said, he, you know, you were the guy that wanted him as, as the hire after, you know, we, Gallant was off the board. I think that was the one guy you said that you would want over meatballs. Um, there's some other coaches out there that maybe I was looking at that I would like a switch up, but ultimately they made the decision on Granado. And I guess I I can't say I'm surprised is the way I'll look at this. I'm not um I'm not overly hyped, I guess, because I've, you know, I've said in the past that if we do hire Granato, I wouldn't be my first option. I wouldn't be overly hyped. But at the same time, I've kind of seen the writing on the wall over the past few months. It seemed like every report that was coming out was leaning towards Donnie meatballs. It seems like everything that was, um, you know, all the coaches that were being interviewed by the Sabres, there weren't any like real, real interest in them hiring those guys. Um, So as you know, maybe I'm not super excited about it, but at the same time, he wasn't a guy that I was going to be pissed that if we did hire him. So um, at this point, you know, I just got to ride the wagon here. I am all on board with him at this point. I mean, there's no other way you got to do it. It's similar to when Josh Allen was drafted by the bills. I didn't like the draft pick, but after it happens, you just have to get on board with it and ride with it. Cause there's no other option. Um, so Granados in not surprised. Like I said, the writing was on the wall. So I think that's the main thing with me is like, I, it, it wasn't shocking. It, it was something that was, you know, seemed like it was going to be the decision. So for me, I guess you can kind of hear in the tone of voice that maybe I'm not as excited as Ethan or other fans are. A lot of the fans were saying it was the best option that they could have done in this situation, which I don't know if I necessarily agree with. I think there are other coaches out there that they could have went out and interviewed with or or made a a bigger splash. Like, I don't understand when people say. It was the best available option. I, you know, there's guys like Tortorella out there. There's uh, Boudreaux out there. Like, yeah, maybe they weren't, realistic but in terms of the best option i mean i don't know if that's true or not um but at this point i gotta ride with him so that's my thoughts i mean ethan you're probably gonna be a little bit more excited about him than i am um but it is what it is i wanted to change up i wanted to go in a different direction this team had a 20 game losing streak last year john Granada was part of that people forget about that he was on the bench throughout all this it's not like they you know picked it up con- considerably when he when he took over. He could have gotten seven wins and it would have been better than Kruger did. Um I understand the younger players started playing better under him and, and that's encouraging, but whatever. It's it's a little bit of the same of the old stuff in my opinion. Um, but I that's where I stand. You know, I'll let Ethan hop in here before I,
0: I guess I say any more. I mean I'm amped up for Donnie meatballs. And let me let me chime in when you say I think the Sabres could have done better because I disagree with that. Were there better options available? Like when you start throwing out names like Gallant while well, he got hired by the Rangers, so he wasn't available. Tortorella. I would have liked Tortorella, but it didn't seem like this. He was uh, interested in the Sabres job. Um, okay, but was-
1: that, that, that's That's where I got to stop you because I understand that. I understand these guys maybe didn't have interest or it didn't work out with the Sabres. Maybe the Sabres didn't reach out to them. Maybe they did and they didn't want to, you know, even talk with the Sabres. But all I'm saying is there were better options, regardless if the Sabres could have made it happen or not. A lot of people were saying for the specific situation that the Sabres are in right now, that Donnie meatballs was the best option. Like maybe it's, I, I understand if they're saying it's the best option for what the Sabres could do. But I think a lot of people were saying it was the best option for guys available out
0: there. I just don't believe that's the case. Okay. Thing is with me is you know what you're going to get with Donnie Meatballs. You know this type of style that they're going to play. And like you said, the biggest thing to me is that the young guys seem to excel under him. I think Darlene went from night and day when Meatballs took over. I think that Casey Middlestat became an actual viable NHL player and a guy that I enjoyed playing, watching play night in and night out, a contributor, a guy that you can maybe stomach taking in the first round after what we've seen for him in the first couple of years of his career, when we are like, wow, that was a complete whiff of a draft pick. Um, you look at guys like Rasmus Asplund. Um, you look at a guy like Tage Thompson. I think all of those players got way better when Granato took over. And so to me, it's like the Sabres have whiffed so hard on coaching decisions the past five years, starting with what? I think, you know, ever since Lindy Ruff left, there obviously there hasn't been a guy that was a good hire. And so it's like, do we want to take another risk? And, and by no means am I anointing Don Granado already without having coached one game as a full-time NHL coach as our next – franchise head coach you know the next lindy ruff but are we willing to dump out like what we've seen from him in this small sample size that we did see and all these players seem to excel get better enjoy his coaching style um they seem to you know buy into his system and the system that we play is a lot more fast-paced like these are these are just facts that i don't think you'd argue like when granado took over we played more fast-paced we scored more goals. Sure. We, you know, it was more of like a high, high risk, high reward type of game. Whereas Kruger, it's like, we're just playing afraid to make mistakes. It's very boring. A lot of dumping, a lot of, um, you know, throwing the puck away, not a lot of possession, just very, you know, it's more like playing not to lose than playing to win the game. And then Granado's kind of like, you know, I don't care if you're going to go up and mess up. I want you to go and make, you know, use your skill, use your speed. Use your finesse, use your passing, and go make plays. I think the young guys really flourished in that. So my point is, in, instead of throwing all of that out, knowing what you have with Don Granato, and then knowing the fact that this team's going to be very young moving forward, especially if you start dumping guys like Rissa and Reinhardt, Eichel. I know Eichel and Reinhardt are still in that, that young age, but it's only going to get younger right? when you start moving these guys around because you're probably going to get prospects and draft picks back. So if you can see what these young guys you know, bought into Donnie G, you see if we're going to get more young guys, even younger guys in, that they're maybe going to have that same effect. Let's not roll the dice because, I mean, yeah, I understand what you're saying. I would have loved to have a Tortorella or um, – What's his face? Galant that signed in, in New York. I thought that those probably would have been a better fit. And they are, you know, proven at the NHL level. They've proven that they can take, you know, teams with kind of a hodgepodge group of players and make them into, you know, a playoff team. But we're not going to get those guys. So the guys that we're going to get, would I have rather taken Don Granado over those other guys, like then another risking on another Ralph Kruger? 100%. So, like, I'm being realistic here. I'm not expecting this to be, you know, an overnight success story. We're not going to, you know, I'm, I'm anticipating us not making the playoffs next year, but we got to start making steps in the right direction instead of taking, you know, one step forward and three steps back. And I think that starts with Don Granado getting the right coach in to mentor these young players and start actually, you know, going through a rebuild properly instead of this patchwork job that we've done for the last 10 years. And start, you know, hitting on, you know, now this is going to, the pressure now falls on Kevin Adams. You know, Kevin Adams got his guy in. Seems like the fans are behind him for once. We're starting to get maybe a little momentum here as as an organization, as a team. You know, he didn't mess up this head coaching. He, I didn't say, like, I would say he hit like a single on this. You know, he didn't hit a home run. It's not like this was a guy that's like, oh, my God, the Sabres just got, um, you know, the next uh, Joe Quinville. But I'm just saying this is a guy that the fans can get behind. You know, the fans are all in on Donnie G, especially what they saw under Kruger. It was like, you know, couldn't get any worse. But now it's all under Kevin Adams. So let's start hitting on some draft picks. We're going to get a lot of draft capital here. You know, let's start developing these guys and let's actually rebuild properly so we don't have to do this whole thing again in 10 years when we start dumping everybody off. So I think it's the first step in a long way to go but I think it's, you know, finally, maybe we're taking a correct move here. I don't know, but time will yeah. tell, but that's kind of where I'm at.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, you, you made a lot of great points there. I mean, that was a strong case. You came out of the gates hot there. You, um, <laughs> I I think you really, you know, you, you really said a lot of good things there. Um, I, I also want to, you know, point out here that, Hey, maybe I did come out a little blunt on my opening, you know, dialogue there about, Donnie meatballs and the way I feel about him. I think, I think mainly I'm just salty about the way that the, the year went last year and just, you know, having him part of that and, and combined in one is just always kind of a red flag to me that sticks out. I, I do want to make it clear though, that I, I'm not like, you know, pissed about the move. I'm not super in, you know, in my feels about it. Like, I think we can succeed with Don Granato. Um My gut wanted a, a change up and something different, but I do fully support them. I, I think what you said holds a lot of weight about the fan base being behind them, the organization being behind them. I think that goes a lot further than people think, especially when the Sabres have been in such turmoil over the past, whatever years, you know, I think it really means a lot when the, it, just something as simple as Donnie meatballs, right? That nickname that a lot of the fans can joke around with and play all, you know, play on words and, and it gets the fans excited for something for once. Um, I also want to kind of parlay this into, I did listen to the press conference that Don Granado had on when, last Wednesday, I believe it was, or Thursday. It was Kevin Adams and Granado It was kind of the introductory press conference for Don Granado becoming the full-time head coach. And I don't know if you listened to any of it. I don't know if you went back and listened to it. I didn't listen to the entire thing, but I did listen to a big portion of it live. It was very, very encouraging if you listen to that, hearing Don Granado speak. He was super confident. He knew exactly the answers that he wanted to say when, answer, when asked questions. He, it, it was like the complete, you know, you look at Adam Gase when he became the Jets head coach. It was like the complete opposite of that, where that guy had crazy eyes, no idea what was going on. He was in a full panic mode. It was the complete opposite of Don Granado. He had confidence in his answers. He had confidence in his voice. He, he knew exactly what he was going to say. Um, one thing that hopped out to me, and it goes back to the young players rallying behind him, like you, both, both you and I just said, He was asked about player development and he was asked about, um, you know, like you said, we're going to have a lot of young players, a lot of draft capital, a lot of young players on this roster. He said, and and he was asked with all this young talent on the team, you know, what's the best thing that you can do as the coach to develop these players to become the best available and best potential that they can be in the years to come. And he said, you know, I think it's just as important what I say as what I don't say like he basically said, and he then he referenced Rasmus Dahlin, and this is exactly coming from the press conference. He ras- referenced Rasmus Dahlin, and he said, sometimes it's better to not do as much and not say as much to these young guys and let them kind of do their thing and let them be skilled young players, go out there and make decisions for themselves. And it was almost like a dig at Kruger in my mind uh, from mm-hmm. what he was saying. It was almost like he was kind of saying, sometimes you got to let these guys off their leash and go play with the skill that they have, and basically referencing how before – you know, he took over as the head coach. And when Kruger was the head coach, it seems like it just basically confirmed that Kruger, like you said, like, you know, a lot of fans have been kind of noticing he had leashes on these young players. He had this exact specific system that he wanted to play. And if you went anywhere outside the box, like you were going to get benched or you were going to get yelled at, or what, you know, you were going to get, you know, scratched, like, Skinner, for example, right? Skinner kind of plays freely and loosely. And when he didn't play the exact system that career wanted, he didn't care how much he was making, he was getting stretched. So I think Renato, that answer really spoke a lot to me about player development, talking about, you know, you don't need to say that much to these guys as, you know, it's just as important what you don't say, let them be themselves and let them play freely. Um, So I think that press conference, at least to me, it really hopped, you know, hopped out to me in the way that he was answering questions. He was talking a lot about players wanting to play for the team. He was talking about a lot about um, players sticking up for one of each other, building a culture. He referenced Tage Thompson, Dylan Cousins, dropping the mitts last year. He wants to build a culture where players want to play for each other. And I think that's a huge thing that the Sabres haven't had over the past years. It's a bunch of guys that are kind of doing their own thing. And it kind of references back to our last episode when we were talking about Eichel and his leadership abilities and, and, and the lack of ability to bring a group together to want to play for each other. And that's the thing that Garano wants to do. He wants to build a culture where people can play freely, where people on his team play for each other and play for the Jersey on the front, not the name on the back, that type of thing. It was really encouraging hearing from him in his press conference. So as much it was, uh, you know, it's something I had kind of had to get over, I guess, over in the past, where I wanted to switch up. You know, at at this point, it's good to hear that kind of kind of thing. It's good to hear that, um, you know, he has that confidence. It seems like he knows exactly what he wants to do. And the main thing is, is Kevin Adams. You know, he got his guy. Kevin Adams didn't hire Ralph Kruger. He hired Granado. So now, like you said, it's all on him. It seems like they have a good relationship. So, I mean. At this point, I mean, if it doesn't work out, then you got to go back to square one in it. But we can't even think about that right now. We have to think about this working out with Granado.
0: And, and the thing is, too, to build on that, I think I kind of already highlighted this, is just because we hired the interim coach who was around during the whole mess that we went through last year with Kruger at the helm, I don't think this is a lot of more of the same based on what he was talking about in his press conference. Like, he, he doesn't have that same philosophy. You know he's he he's emphasizing letting the guys uh, play to their abilities and taking the leash off, as like you said. So I don't want to like this to get this connotation that it's like the Sabres are just settling for the guy that's been around. Uh, I I think you know what like let let his track record speak for himself. Um, let let what he did in those games last year, because like. I mean, let's start with the basics as a fan. Like I had more fun and I actually looked forward to watching the Sabres play since Granado took over. And at that point, right, we were so far out of the playoff race. Like those games were so meaningless when Granado was the coach. Like those those games didn't mean anything, but I was more excited for those games than when I was when we still had a shot under Kruger, just because we were such a boring team to watch. And under Kruger, it seemed like, nobody played well. Right. I mean, even our top players, when they scored, it wasn't like they were playing well. It was like you are saying, it was just a lot of cautious hockey, a lot of awkward moments. It seemed like guys were not themselves. And all of a sudden this guy leaves and we have this new guy come in with this new philosophy. And it's like, Hey, I can go do the things that I'm good at and not have to worry about this guy breathing down my neck and benching me because I'm not playing inside of his system. So I you know I think let's let's pump the brakes here let's take this what it is at face value get behind Donnie meatballs and see where this summer takes us cuz I am excited for for a full season with Donnie meatballs I'm I'm excited for to see what these young guys can do after how they ended the season last year I'm not expecting playoffs by any means but it's not like you know teams don't get good overnight and especially with how bad this team's been and what this summer has in store for us especially you know when we talk start talking about these trades that are going to happen. We're going to have a whole new, um, you know, face of the franchise. Most likely we're gonna have a whole new core to start building around. So let's, let's do it right. Let's get a guy that, you know, for most of these young guys have already bought into and can get behind and, you know, already seen like they can be successful with him at the helm. So let's, let's start doing things the right way.
1: Yeah. Um, Also when he finally got hired last week, and the Sabres, you know, they put out their official tweet, and it was, like, that video with the meatballs in the background, and, like, they removed mm-hmm. the Donnie in term. Like, I think that was the first positive tweet that the – Buff. like, I think that's the first, like, good replies I've seen on a Buffalo Sabres tweet in, like, three years. Like, actually looking at the replies and people being, like, wow, they actually – like, that was funny. Right. Like that was actually a good tweet. Like I, I I think I quote you, I was like this single tweet could maybe single handedly turn around the franchise. It was the first time I seen positive responses on a Buffalo Seabro social media post in like forever. So if there, if there's one thing that you can take positive from this it's that the social media teams getting some love for once instead of getting absolutely bashed in every comment section that they put up, which is kind of, you know, comical, but good job to them this time. Um, Anyway, moving forward from Donnie Meatballs, unless you have anything else to say. Um, I think I've pretty much wrapped up everything I wanted to say on him. Um, you know, gotta gotta ride with him at this point. You know, yeah. gotta got ride and and hopefully I mean, look at middle stat right under him. Like one last thing. Just I think I saw a montage of every middle stat goal under Don Granado, and he he was just buzzing out there. Like a guy like him, like I think you mentioned early on when you were talking, I mean, he he was a completely different player. So you know, middle center meatballs is looking great. Darlene was a lot better. Yoki Haru opened up a little bit. Um, it's just, a, it was like all the
0: guys that I was, I was going through our like Instagram of our clips and, you know, looking back at the start of the Sabre season. Um, and then, you know, I was ready. I had this one rant I went on about um, Daleen about like, he's starting to admit that he's bad. And then, you know, kind of ripping on Yoki Haru. We did a lot. I think he came clocked in. At, <laughs> he, he definitely clocked in on maybe some of my, uh, you know, like, worst sabers of the year power rankings that I would do every now and then um so it was like a lot of these guys that everybody was so high on when we drafted and we just got a hold of them and then like Kruger comes in and just like wrecks them wrecks their whole mental and wrecks you know everything that we loved about them and then all of a sudden he's gone it's like this weight is just lifted off their shoulders. It's like, wait a second, this is why we actually like these guys and why we had some hope actually, and we weren't just idiots and um, you know thinking that these guys were good when they actually weren't. So it's it's yeah. kind of crazy, you know how how damaging he was to the franchise.
1: No, for sure. I think it was a, a lot more damaging than people ever would have thought. Um, anyway, moving on here. Sabers also making some moves in the front office. So. Uh, it came out a couple of days ago that the Sabres hired Sam Ventura from Pittsburgh as its VP of Hockey Strategy and Research. Jason Nightingale will be Assistant Director of Amateur Scouting moving forward. So apparently this Sam Ventura guy that was hired as the VP of Hockey Strategy and Research, um, you know, it's the first time I've heard his name, first time I've heard that specific title. But, you know, a, a little clip here from that, the Charging Buffalo tweeted out, It says, this is a little background on Ventura. After Ventura, a graduate of Woodland Hills High School, who was a PhD in statistics from Carnegie Mellon University, shout out Pittsburgh, played a role in helping the Penguins win back-to-back Stanley Cups in 2016 and 2017. He joined the organization full-time. His job was to provide a quantitative assessment of players, teams, strategies, contracts, and roster moves. Sometimes that meant providing information to management and the coaching staff, other teams it meant inventing new ways to analyze the game of hockey and the entire time venture impressed management with knowledge, creativity, communication ability and attitude, earning more and more responsibility. So it seems like he's kind of an analytics statistics guy that, um, you know, analyzes a lot of the contracts, roster moves, things that can benefit the team. So I have like two things to say about this. First, what, you know, I don't know anything about this guy. It seems encouraging reading this. It seems like everybody online, all the analysts say it's a good hire. And, you know, I guess I'm happy with it. Right. It seems like a, an area that the Sabres kind of need that statistics that, you know, um, that kind of new wave of, of front office. Now it seems like it, it's a little bit more important and you know, you and I aren't super high on it, but I, it's kind of hard to kinda deny at this point that it's you know, important in some aspects. So I wouldn't say that we're
0: super high on it. I just don't think that we're like as knowledgeable on it. Yeah. Like we don't, we don't know how to speak that language kind of type of thing. Right. Exactly. So
1: it just seems like it's, it's definitely becoming more relevant. So it seems like a great hire, um, all through and through. The only thing I will say is it seems like this, you know, we've been down the road of hiring guys from the Penguins who've won back-to-back Cups with them in sixteen seventeen? 17 <clears throat> Jason Botterell, right? He was the assistant mm-hmm. GM for them when they won back-to-back Cups, and that was the whole reason why we kind of went after them. I feel like, you know, I can't think of the name off the top of my head, but I feel like we've gone after guys from the Penguins organization more than just Botterell in the past. I, I couldn't, Maybe I'm completely just making that up. But all I'm saying is, and I'm not saying this is related, you know, whatsoever. It just gives me flashbacks of hiring Botterell, who was – part of those back-to-back cuffs and kind of the reason we went after them. And we're, you know, kind of going after this guy because of the same resume that a guy like Botterill had. Um, not again, not saying it's related, just saying, looks like we love going this route with the Penguins. Hopefully it works out this time.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> like you were saying, like how, how many times are we going to have to make this happen? Like, Well, first off, let me just say, I'm excited about the hiring. Cause I, uh, everything, everything that you said, I kind of echo like, Sabres are very behind the times. It seems like when it comes to the analytics side of things, it seems like we're missing on a ton of draft picks, especially the high draft picks. It seems like we're kind of like on two different pages on like what other teams uh, like when, you know, when it just comes to the draft, right? Like, seems like we always draft this guy that nobody's talking about. And it's like, do we know something that these other teams don't? Usually we don't and we just miss. So, and, and just listening to the way that, you know, other reporters talk about the Sabres and um, a lot of the analytics, like the analytics Sabres guys even talk about the Sabres that the, the department's just like way behind the time. So it's good to see that they're like ad- finally addressing a need. Um, they're finally, you know, moving forward and kind of getting, getting with the rest of the league. Like it's, it's definitely a move that needed to happen probably, you know, a season or two ago. So whatever, glad to see that. But it is hilarious to see like how how many times are we just gonna hire these ex-Penguins front office guys and just realize hey, this team had like Melkin, Crosby, Latang, Flurry, like they were just loaded, you know, and yeah. it's like, yeah, okay, maybe these front office guys won back-to-back cups, but like, did they really have to like use that many analytics and like position themselves? In, in, into those spots when you have a team that's like already assembled to that quality like those penguins teams were absolutely stacked i mean you had crosby in his prime and that's enough to win you a, a cup alone so you know add melkin on in his prime on top of that add flurry in his prime on top of that i mean and then you had like marion hosa as like you know a role player on that team it, it was just like an well, absolute not, not, not
1: in 16 17 hosa was not on that or space. sorry
0: now, know, like it was yeah, like LaTang. Like, I mean, it wasn't even
1: like really, it was like Matt Murray, like, took them that one year when Fleury was still on the team. But I know what you mean. Yeah. I mean they had good teams for sure.
0: I was thinking of the earlier. Yeah, like playoffs. 2010 when they won. Yeah. But yeah. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. I'm glad that they're addressing the, the need. Um, the one thing that I will find that was discouraging was that, like, Terry Pagua is still, like, in these draft meetings. If the reporting that I'm reading on Twitter is true, saw some tweets about, like, him saying that he was high on certain players, it's, like, get him away from the scouting room. Yeah. And, like, well, I, I, I don't know, is he doing this with the Bills? Because I don't – it just seems like there's less leaks with what the Bills got going on. I, it seems like Brandon Bean is just, like – this is my, like, I'm not going to you know, whoever, whoever these reporters are, it seems like Brandon Bean has everything on complete lockdown. And even if Terry Pugula is in there and, you know, m- maybe Brandon Bean's like, all right, Terry, uh, I understand like you're, but like, let me do my job. Let me do what you hired me for. It just seems like he's got such more control over there. And to his credit, he's proven that he could do it. He's proven that He can pick the right players, put them in the right situations, and make the Bills a successful football team. On the other hand, you have Kevin Adams, who's brand new as a GM, never been a GM before, has been in the organization a while, so definitely has a relationship with Terry and Kim So I'm wondering if he's kind of getting bullied around a little bit in the scouting room that's like – doesn't know how to tell Terry Pagula to like, hey, go manage your oil rigs. Go worry about like what the Penn State hockey rink's doing for its next edition. Like stop worrying about the Sabres and who they're drafting. Like that's my job. Yeah, And it, it, something needs to change because like it's been proven that when like he gets his hands into things that is completely related to the hockey operation side and not like franchise related things like PR and, you know, actually just giving them money it gets messy super fast. So that's the one concern I have. Like, I don't care who we're hiring. If Terry Pagula is going to have a say in who we start drafting and, you know, lineup decisions and who we sign in free agency, then there's always going to be problems regardless of who we hire.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how true this is, but my buddy texted me and he said, did you hear the report that Pegula asked for a 30 minute report of the top prospects in this year's draft? If that is true, that is absolutely insane. It's like, Pegula, you what is a thirty minute report of prospects going to do for you if you want to know that like stay out of it and just go out and google it or something like what is someone going to come over and tell you a thirty minute report on this year 's top prospects going to do for you and do for the team um, moving forward it 's like you yeah, should like, either if you 're the owner of the team and i 'm sure there 's some owners out there for teams that are you know they're super involved and and say they're all in on it like him asking for a thirty minute report is almost like him like trying to express interest in something, but he really doesn't care. He's trying to be like, "Hey, I care about this and I want to know, but I'm just saying that because I want to like have you guys act like I, I want to act like I care It's like dude yeah. you, you're you're the owner you should either actually care and be in on it and and you know develop a relationship with the GM and like and I don't think Terry people is the guy for that. I'm not saying he is, but I'm sure there's owners are owners out there that are like actually knowledgeable, or you just stay the hell out of everything and let your GM and your front office do the work. And that's what he should be doing. But him asking, like, I don't, again, I don't know how true this is. Him asking for a 30 minute report on the top
0: prospects is comical. Like what? It it, it comes off as like, Hey, like I didn't really still here, but like, no, but it's also like, Hey, first off. Okay. They, they give him a 30 minute report on the top prospects in this draft. What's he going to do? Is he going to read that and then, like, go back to them and say, okay, based on this report that I read that right. took me 30 minutes, I want you guys to go draft this player. If that's the case, like, that is complete and utter baloney. Like, like, that's not how you run an NHL franchise. And how this is coming across is, like, it's like he's the high school bully that's going over to the nerds and being like, hey, I didn't do the homework. Let me copy yours 30 minutes before class uh, starts so that I, I can get my homework in like, dude, stay out of it. Like you were yeah. saying, like, you obviously don't care. You all, all you care about, right. Now, like you care about the bills. Like this is like your side project. So stay out of it. You don't really care about it. Just and let them fine. do their like, jobs. Yeah, and that's exactly. fine.
1: Like you, you, you don't care. You don't have to like put out feelers basically saying like, like letting people know that, Hey, I'm still here. Like if, you're the owner you supply the money and you hire people that you think can do a good job. You don't, if you don't really care, which I don't really think, you know, he necessarily does care. I I don't know that that's okay. Then, then just stay out of it and don't, don't try to, you know, put little things out there telling people that you do care because it's not your job to do all this stuff. It's not your job to do the prospect research. It's not your job to tell the team who to draft, whatever it is. It's, it's your job to, you know, hire the people that can do those, those things so just stay out of it
0: and, and i, I, I think he wants to different. care i think he wants to care but he doesn't like he wants to only care as as time permits i just think he's like by nature a busy dude like he owns two professional sports teams and runs his own company right he's in he's got his hands in a lot of things and he, so he, i think he's like showing that he wants to care but i don't know if he like realizes that it's okay to not understand everything going on with the Sabres. Like that's why you hire these people. So that you're, you're the funds. Like you, you want to, you want to be able to hire these people and make a team successful because you can't do it yourself. And so don't, don't feel the pressure to make these big decisions because you're not qualified to do so. And so I I don't understand, you know, I, I, I'm just, I just can't get the clip of him saying that we're going to win a Stanley Cup out of my, out of my head when we sign Taylor Hall and then we, we lose 25,000 games in a row. Like That should be a complete and utter warning sign that, hey, I got to step away and get my freaking fat face off of the camera in the preseason for Sabres Embedded so I don't have another one of these clips go viral because I look like an absolute buffoon because I would have no clue what the heck I'm talking about. Yeah. Sabres embedded absolutely sandbagged him. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but uh yeah, I I mean I think everyone's kinda on the same page with Pigula there. But um yeah, Ventura in, hopefully that works out. I know that we hired that guy Camaros or Connamaros, whatever, as like an assistant GM, like uh during the season going on. everybody was high on that. So hopefully these hirings that people are praising, you know, work out down the road. Um but that's it for that. The other th- the other last thing I'll say is a little bit of insider info over the weekend on Jack Eichel. He was spotted in Hanford Bay in Buffalo on the lake with his, I believe, girlfriend. So he does still have relationships in Buffalo. He still has that girl in Buffalo. Maybe she's keeping him in the area. He was spotted over the weekend on 4th of July. So, you know, take that with, with what you will. That is just cold, hard insider info from the One Before I Die podcast right there on the lake in Buffalo. He has not fled the scene yet. So he's still here until further notice. Um, But other than that, I got nothing else. You got anything else?
0: No, I think that was a pretty good uh, recap there.
1: Yeah, so Donnie Meatballs in. Um, Hopefully that works out, and uh, I think that's about it. No other really Bills news that came out, and just getting kind of revved up for for Bills season. And uh, look forward to that, as always. But go Bills, go Sabres. Hopefully you guys had a great Fourth of July weekend, as I said at the beginning of the episode. And um, we'll see you guys next week for episode 94.
0: Let's get down, let's get down to business. Give you one more night, one more night to get this. We've had a million, million nights just like this. So let's get down, let's get down to business. Mama, please don't worry about me. Mama, about to let my heart speak